0: My prayer for you this Christmas is that um, as you come into this place, whether you've been to church all your life and whether you've heard the story of Christmas over and over again or whether this is your first experience, whether you've ever stepped foot in a church, that today my prayer has been that something you hear, it's something you see, something that you might experience would help you understand that there is a God. Who loves you. And actually, Christmas is that he came close, that he came to earth and heaven came down. And I think for us, as we gather many times to hear the same old story again and to look at Christmas again, uh, it could just kind of become old news. Yet I think it's the greatest news ever told. And for us to maybe see it a little differently, we have to look through a different lens maybe we have to have different eyes to see, different ears to hear. One of the ways that I love to look at Christmas and see Christmas is really through the eyes of a child. Because when you look through the eyes of a child, there is awe, and there is wonder, and there is excitement, and there is just passion. There's a little boy that went to Sunday school, and uh, he came home, and His dad wasn't a churchgoer, and he said, hey, what would you learn today at church? And the little boy said, well, uh, I was taught about Moses taking the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he saved them. And the dad said, well, tell me how the story goes. So he said "Uh, the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt, and, and Moses rescued them, and they got to this thing called the Red Sea, And when they got there, Moses looked over, and he said, I don't know how I'm going to cross it. So he called his engineers together, and he said, they decided they were going to build this pontoon bridge. And they built the pontoon bridge, and everybody got on the bridge, and they crossed over. And night came, and they all slept. And when they woke up, they looked. And the Egyptian army was on the other side, and they were on the pontoon bridge coming across as well. So Moses radioed to all of his air pilots, and the F-15s came in and just blew the bridge up. And all the Egyptian armies died, and the children of Israel were rescued, and they went to the promised land. And the dad said, is that really how the lady told you the story? And he's like, no, but if I, if I told you the truth, dad, you wouldn't believe me. <laughs> and I thought about that. It's like us as adults, sometimes we kind of become cynical. I'll include myself. Sometimes we look at the Christmas story, and if we don't really understand it or know it or look at it from a distance, it's like this myth or a, a legend. But it's really not something that's believable. Yet today, as we look at the Christmas story again, um, I want to ask you to look through a different lens. I want to ask you to to maybe, just maybe look at it through the eyes of your child, through the eyes of your grandchildren. Maybe just to see as a child would see. There's a picture of a a little baby that's going to come up on the screen. Oh, isn't that, that seriously is the cutest baby I've ever seen. That's me. Um, And I show that picture because uh, we went to Alabama for Christmas every year, where my dad grew up, my grandparents, families all from there. And Christmas, I mean, every year we were there and it just became pretty special to me. I had two brothers that were way older than me. So when I was this age, they they loved me because I slept in on, on Christmas Day. But when I got older, I became a little more annoying <laughs> because I was so excited about Christmas and we all slept together. We were up in this attic and it was just freezing. There was no heat or air. And I don't know why they put us up there, but they put us up there in this attic and it was just me and my brothers a couple of Christmases. And, and I remember waking up at like four in the morning and I shook them and was like, it's time. <laughs> And they're like, no, it's not. Go back to bed. And at five o'clock I did the same. And at six o'clock, I did the same. And then by 6:30, I, I got them to get up. But then they went to the bathroom. We had a little detour and they brushed their teeth and they shaved. And it's kind of like they held me captive in the bathroom until it was after seven because nobody wanted to get up. And nobody wanted to see me at seven in the morning on Christmas. And I went around and woke everybody up before I could go in and see all my presents. And I was just excited for Christmas morning. It used to be that way at our house. But now I got three teenagers. And the good thing is, today I don't have to go home and put a bunch of toys together. I don't have to go home and build a trampoline like I did a couple Christmas Eves. It was the worst. And all those parts, and it's freezing outside, and I'm trying to build a trampoline. After all these services, I I hated it. And I'm grateful today that I don't have to go home and build anything. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to be the first one up, and I'm going to have to wake my teenagers up to come to the tree. It's a little different than when they were a kid, but I think there's still some awe and I think there's still some wonder wrapped around Christmas. I started to think about, really, as I I looked at Christmas, it's becoming complicated. Sometimes it's more complicated as I get older. People tell me all the time around here, oh, just wait, man, until you have grandkids. It's the best thing we ever did, (laughs) And I want to remind them, you had nothing to do with it, really. I mean, unless some of you parents like to control, so maybe you did have something to do with it. But your kids had kids, and they decided to do something, and then you got the benefit. And, and you love grandkids. And, and I think what you were saying is the best thing we ever did is because we don't have to raise them anymore. We get to just take care of them. We get to love them. And then we give them back. Because raising kids is hard. And It's complicated. And for some of you, you understand what I mean. It was just complicating getting your family here today, picking one service for you all to come, and you're here, and Mom's happy. You don't even know if you're going to make it to lunch, but you got them all here, and there's excitement around that. But if you have a family, Christmas gets complicated. Your kids get older. They maybe have a girlfriend or boyfriend that you don't like, and they're coming to Christmas dinner. It's a little complicated. Maybe there's divorced or blended families. Maybe Christmas brings up loved ones that aren't here with you. And it becomes difficult. And I think for us as we come into this place, uh, the Christmas story can become complicated. And it becomes difficult to understand. And so I want to do my best just to make it as simple as possible. And as simple as possible, I want you to see it through the lens and the eyes of a child. And as you look through the eyes of a child, I I pray you begin to see it with a little bit of wonder. These guys were hanging out with Jesus when he was a little bit older and he was teaching, and they were called his disciples. And and after a while, it started to get complicated for them, and then it started to get competitive. And they kind of said, Hey, Jesus, um, let me ask you, who's going to be the greatest in your kingdom? And they were jockeying for position, and they were jockeying for power. And who was going to stand next to you? Who's and I think the guy that was asking him was saying, I think it's me because I'm pretty awesome. And Jesus just said, wait a minute. And he grabbed a little kid, and he said, unless you have the heart of a child, and unless you turn and, and have the humbleness of, of these children, you're not even going to see my kingdom. See, most of the time, children don't have to teach them to be humble. They just come out, and they're humble. They're inquisitive. When they're young, they kind of listen and they take direction. When a child tells a story, I don't know about you, but man, I love to hear them tell stories and I love to get down on my knees and just listen to them because of the simpleness and the realness and the emotion that's in what they're telling. And sometimes I, I laugh with them. Sometimes I cry. It's just good to hear a child tell a story. And Christmas through the eyes of a child, there's nothing like it. And what's complicated, they make pretty simple. The first picture of heaven breaking forth onto planet earth didn't happen in a manger. It happened the very first time God spoke and gave us something to look back on and remember and to reflect and to see. It says in the book of Genesis that the earth was void. Of light, and there was darkness that hovered all around him. And it says these words that God spoke. And He said, Let there be light. And there was light. And ever since that moment, the God of the universe has been bringing light into dark places. He's been bringing light to those who can't fight for themselves anymore. For those who maybe have given up, for those who have considered themselves weak and just not able to really take the next steps, he says, I am a wonderful counselor. That if you've lost your way and you're not sure who to turn to or what to do, that I am the one that can counsel you and I am the one that can be with you. For those of you who look at life and It's maybe slipped through your fingers and you're looking and saying, what can I count on? What can I do? What is next for me? And maybe you've lost the strength or the will. He says, I am your mighty God. And for those that might look around and say, in this world, is this really it? This is all there is? It's pain and hurt and maybe destruction. God comes along and he says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the creator of the universe, I am this one called an everlasting father. For those of you who look around and maybe your life is just chaotic and it's spinning out of control today and you have absolutely no peace, yet you come in and you hear us sing about this one called Jesus. Scripture tells us that he could be your prince of peace, that he is the wonderful counselor, he's the mighty God, he's an everlasting father, the prince of peace, and Isaiah, he was a prophet, and he came and he spoke those words hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. And in the midst of the darkness of a world, he said, there is going to be this one, one day that will come, and he is going to be all of this and so much more. And again, when darkness covered the earth in a different way, not a physical way, but a spiritual way, God at just the right time brought an angel to speak to Mary, and Luke chapter 1 said these words, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you shall call him Jesus. Mary, don't be afraid. You found favor. God has found favor in you. And today, can I just tell you for everyone that is here, God has found favor in you and in you and in you and in you. And he's found favor in me not by what I've done or who I am or any great gift I have, but the gift that was given on Christmas. He says, my favor can rest upon you. My favor can rest in you because this one called Jesus came to this earth to be the Savior of the world. And what I love by Mary, it was by faith. She didn't have all the answers. She didn't know what tomorrow held. She just had a conversation with an angel, and by faith, she chose to believe. And that same God that did a miracle on that day continues to call his children back to him. And there's something deep within you that was created by an almighty God that there is a desire for something more than you have right now. There is a desire for peace and there is a desire for hope. And there is a void that is in us for those of us who have never really understood or accepted this Savior called Jesus. And God tells us that that was really put there by Him, and the only one that can fill it is this wonderful counselor, this mighty God, this everlasting Father, this Prince of Peace. See, He is Emmanuel, and He is God with us. But the greatest story for you today is that He can be God with you, because it's personal. Heaven came down to fulfill the promises of God that were passed down for thousands of years. And heaven came down to change your world. To personally change you and your life and to give you a hope and to give you a future. That is truly the story of Christmas. And see, Jesus throughout his ministry on earth, he was finding favor with people that we would look at and say they didn't deserve any favor. He was actually finding favor with people that we would look at and say they don't deserve any favor. They don't deserve a second chance. Yet Jesus would look at them and he gave them all a second, and a third, and a fourth, and a fifth chance. The teachers of the days despised him. Yet God showered his favor upon them. The rabbis... And the scribes, they would come against him and they would debate him and they would try to catch him in a lie. Jesus found favor on them. Those that were blind, those that were hurting, those that were crippled, those that were lame, those who had so many needs kept coming to him over and over again. And what did Jesus do? He just continued to shower favor upon them. And today that favor is for you. And that's what Christmas is. He's not just here to save the world. He was here to save you And your life, his favor today can rest upon you. Because heaven came down to save the world. As we look at that, there are so many things in this world that are wrapped in darkness. But there was one that was wrapped in this light of hope and love and second chances. And his name is Jesus. From his first words. God has been shining light into darkness ever since when he said, let there be light. That first word is so important. Webster defines it, that word let, as to permit one to enter. See, God made a decision for you when he sent a Savior to this world. And really, Christmas is this. He's asking for you to make a decision about him. Christmas is a standing invitation for you to know this one Jesus. And you saw the story and the children told it and and you saw the innkeeper that said there is absolutely no room and just pointed the way for Jesus to go somewhere else. I wonder if the innkeeper ever looked back on his life and ever regretted not making any room for Jesus. Tonight... As simply as I can tell you, Christmas is that heaven came down and God wants to shine light into the darkness of your life and in the darkness of mine. And he came as a savior of the world because there was something that separated us from God the Father. And God said, I loved you so much that I'm gonna send my son not to condemn you, not to guilt you, but I'm sending my son because of my deep, deep love for you and my favor rests upon you today see the invitation of christmas is for you to have a relationship with this one called jesus christ but the choice is yours it's going to be a different christmas for me this year in september my father uh, passed away And I was thinking about him, and uh, I wear this green hanky, because if you know my dad, he always had hankies, and this was his, but he always wears it like puffed out and big. And I just said, no, I'm not doing that, but I'll wear something, Dad, for you today. The reason we went to Alabama is because that's where my dad grew up. And the reason I wear this today is because my dad was the one that gave me an invitation to understand who Jesus was. And I sit here today because he showed me really what Christmas was all about. The only thing I have to offer you its worth anything is I want to offer you an invitation to know the Jesus I know. Doesn't mean my life's perfect. Doesn't mean some days aren't really difficult. Doesn't mean I don't have the burdens that are any different than you. It just means I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was this one called Jesus that loved me so much that he came to save me. And I made a choice to accept his invitation when heaven came down, and he has brought light to the darkness of my soul. So, the invitation from us to you this Christmas is would you make room for Jesus? This Christmas, would you not look back and maybe regret that you never made room for him? For some of you that aren't walking with him, you know the story and you've heard it over and you become cynical and you're doing your own thing, would you stop? Because you know where it's going to go. Would you give yourself over to Christ today? Because his favor can rest on you and his favor can rest in you. That is our prayer for you this Christmas. That God's not just with us, but that he's personally with you. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you that at Christmas you invite us to know your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that Christmas is about you. Thank you for the greatest gift ever given that you would send your son to save the world. And right now in this moment, God, there are people that are sitting here that maybe have never heard the story, maybe never understood that there is a God that loves them. There is a God that is showing favor on them right now by offering them an opportunity to have a relationship with the Son of God. And the greatest thing, it's sort of like those children, God, it is simple to come to you. That you say, if we believe that you are who you say you are, and we confess that with our mouth, that we just say right now in our own hearts, in our own way, God, (laughs) I believe in your Son, Jesus, and I accept him into my life. That if we just say, God, would you forgive us of our sins, that you come in and you forgive us. And that we can know this Christ of Christmas. And so God, as simple as that might be, Father, you come in and you do a mighty work. And it's continuing day after day. And so today we come into this place and we say that this Christmas we just don't celebrate. But we actually experience it. That we experience the Savior of the world. Because when we experience the Savior of the world and He comes and changes our lives, no matter what's going on, no matter the chaos, no matter the brokenness, no matter the hurt, no matter our shortcomings, deep within our soul, because we know Your Son, we can say all is well. That Emmanuel has come not just to be with us, but He has personally come to reside and to rule and to reign and to show His favor on me. So God, we thank You for the great story of Christmas. We thank You for its simplicity. And God, I thank you for your love, that you would send your son for me. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.